0: In this episode of the Founders and Coders podcast, I talk to another couple of the FACT20 alumni about their experiences of and before the bootcamp. We talk a bit about how we've been trying to find jobs afterwards um, and we talk a lot more about the difficulties of communication that happen when you're working remotely. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fact20 podcast. I am your host, Azizi, joined today by Effie.
1: Hi, do I, do I introduce myself now?
0: <laughs> yeah, go for it.
1: Hi, I'm Effie Oyedo. I am on the Fact20 cohort. That's why I pass it on to Amber, I can check in.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Amber, also on the Fact20 cohort.
0: But not for very much longer, because of this. The week that we're recording in is our final week of VAC and it's been a hell of a ride. Um so I guess oh so much has happened. Um in like this final week, how are you how are you feeling about like everything that you've done in the last four months or so, Effie?
1: Oh me. Um <laughs> uh, I'd say like I'm happy it's ending because I'm tired as hell. But I'm also scared it's ending <laughs> because then we're like thrown into the streets of finding a job and that's really stressful um mm. but yeah it's been a good ex- it's been a good and weird and broad learning experience in a very short time
0: yeah it's like a lot to take in very very quickly um but I don't know it feels it feels like that has been fairly successful at least um and how are you feeling Amber?
2: Yeah, um, I feel like it's weird, you know, it kind of feels like waking up from, <laughs> I don't know, like the course was so intense, that now that it's over, I'm like looking back and being like, wait, what What did I do? What did I learn? Uh, and like, I know I learned so much stuff, but it's kind of like it all flashed by so fast that it's like we didn't have time to digest yeah. what was going on on a weekly basis. Um, so I'm looking forward to like having some time to kind of reflect on everything that we learned and look back on projects.
0: <laughs> yeah. But you don't have that much time to look back, though, right, Amber? Because despite the fact that we're still in the middle of a pandemic, you have been lucky enough and skillful enough to be the first one of us to get a job.
2: Yeah, so I'm kind of over the moon because I just got in my official offer for a job today, um, which I'll be starting on the 7th of December. So I've got kind of a short three-week break uh, and then I just get right back into it.
0: Oh the seventh? I thought you were gonna have a little bit more time than that even. Oh no. <laughs> no,
2: I'm just diving right back in.
0: But hey. Uh, I mean that's has gotta yeah. I mean that's gonna be really gratifying to know that all of the hard work of the last four months is like has like definitely paid off.
2: Mm. Yeah. I mean I guess we'll find out when I get started. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I got so lucky with this, this job. Um, and the real test will be how I get on with the tasks that they asked me to to get on with.
0: Um, and how's the uh, job hunt going for you,
1: Effie? Um, before I answer that question, I just want to explain the off that I did. That is how FAC20 congratulates people. It's not <laughs> It's not just weird noises. Um, uh, for the search, I say it's going quite well. I'm trying to be optimistic but realistic at the same time. I mean, um, I've managed to get to interviews without the help of FAC, which I guess is a good thing. Well, technically it was three, and one I was just like, today yeah, I, I I can't stress for a company, I literally know nothing about and don't care for. Um, <laughs> so I guess it's, it's going well um, in a sense of the situation that we're in and the frequency of reply. But I did apply to like 50 jobs, so <laughs> I guess it's, it's working as it should. Yeah. Um,
0: Hmm. I mean, I think like a a reoccurring theme throughout like the the episodes that I've recorded so far has been the the mindset, the mentality that each of us has, and the value in kind of having the little bit of trial by fire that's the first half of fact. Mm. Um, and yeah, I guess a lot of the kind of growth mindset stuff, um, like the doing a little bit better every time you fail um is definitely applies to the job hunt as well um i mean i personally know that my first interview was a complete travesty uh but i feel like i learned a lot from that and the best one and the next ones have gone a lot better um so yeah it's like interesting to hear about a sort of that detached and positive mindset that you're trying to cultivate there i think.
1: going off of that um oh side note i'm not trying to cultivate it i have it and i'm trying to destroy it <laughs> um <laughs> because i am too hopeful and i am too like yay everything's gonna be good um maybe it's the christian in me i don't know um but um going off that i did actually record um the radical interview and the one thing i learned from it was just that like i was so nervous that i was so smiley and i <laughs> smile a lot but, like, I was just, like, yo, like, relax. Like, I'm watching it, and I'm, like, Effie, relax. <laughs> like, like it wasn't that obvious. Like, it wasn't, like, the most nervous I've ever been, but I could obviously, like, I could see myself and just be, like, oh, wow, like, I need to relax. So the one thing I would definitely take into the next situation, uh, the next interview I have is definitely just, like, they're either going to say yes or no, like, just breathe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's harder said uh, and easier said than done rather like I think yeah it's very you can very much have the knowledge that it's just another job that you may or may not get but like once you're there sitting in front of people for that interview like recognizing that there is a important decision that's going to be made based on like every word that you say it's hard not to you know for your for your adrenaline to start start pumping a little bit for your heart to start racing a bit faster um at least that's what i found today um so oh, was
1: today yeah. um uh citizen ticket
0: uh soon
1: oh which soon. one did you have today
0: yeah <laughs> soon the company is called soon oh, <laughs> oh
1: oh lol wait you already had that yeah, yeah. Did Dan not even send out rejections?
0: <laughs> um, I I don't know. I think I think that like a lot of the time I'm just jumping at the first possible time to get the interview, and I'm not sure if like other confirmations have happened or not yet. Really.
1: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> but hey, awkward podcast moment. <laughs>
1: no, <it's> just, <laughs> I was just like, wow, that's quick.
0: Yeah. How did it go, then? Yeah. Oh, good. Um, they were they were lovely. Um, and I think, if I remember correctly, I got an email saying that I've, I'm have i through to the next round. Oh, congrats. Um, and that'll be happening next week. So, yeah. So, like I said, better than my radical interview.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a tech test in it as well?
0: Um, I think for this one, they'd like um, me to show them some code. Um just talk through some stuff that I've done um I'm not sure if there's a specific tech test or not um I'll have to check back uh but yeah I know I know that like there are lots of people that are getting tech tests in at the moment and what I've done in in an attempt to make sure that I'm best prepared for them is ask other people to send me theirs as well (laughs) because yeah I don't think I haven't I haven't been given any yet and I feel like for, for you, Amber, mm-hmm. like that was an absolute key part of how you got your job offer so quickly was the success there. So like practice makes perfect, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. Like I kind of got the impression that the, I mean, obviously I sent in the tech test and then I had quite a long interview with like seven different people, but I kind of wow. got the impression that the, they were judging me more based on like for my technical understanding it was more based on the tech test than the tech questions that they asked me throughout those interviews
0: mm-hmm. but, um yeah so make sure that i'm prepared and all that so how about we go back instead of like talking about where we're at right now we think about how far we've come since the very beginning in fact before the beginning of fact. Um, I want to ask you guys a bit about your first couple of websites uh, that were made as anything to do with FAC. So, when was when was the last time you looked at your application website page even?
2: I mean, I Amber. I think as soon as I'd like sent it into FAC, I just never looked at it again because <laughs> <laughs> it was always like in the back of my mind, It's like oh shit, that was I don't know, like even. Said the second week into fact, I was looking back on the website and being like, "Oh, it's it was so bad." <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I know exactly how you feel. <laughs> how about you, Effie?
2: Um,
1: I actually went through my GitHub to just kind of reorganise it or just delete like empty repositories, just because I realised um, recruiters are actually looking through it, um, and also I show I showed it or I show it when I'm coaching. Because um, they always want to kind of know, like, what we did. It's equally as cringe. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, just kind of show how far we've come in terms of, like, what we can do. I was mm-hmm. actually revising just Vanilla JavaScript for the interview I have soon. Um, because it's literally just, like, Vanilla JavaScript Express. And um, it's, it's crazy how reliant like my mind has become on React. Because we work so hard to kind of get our minds around it.
2: Mm.
1: like to work backwards before turn back to like vanilla javascript is like oh yeah wait <laughs> there is something yeah. other than react
0: <laughs> it's really interesting how as like those different frameworks and libraries introduced throughout the course like you you get our practice of using the more basic things that we spent all of our time on before mm. like I, uh, I personally feel like I really need to go back to using some Express sometime soon because I didn't use it at all over the student projects um, and tech for better. Mm. Um, so yeah, like just getting, picking that up again, making something fresh um, again would be very, very useful just in case it turns up in a tech test. But then I guess most of the stuff that, is coming up in jobs is react based stuff anyway so it's probably no bad thing that we spent so much time on that too. Um, so after that sort of application website we got into founders and coders and they asked us all to make a calculator page um, and so because because this is like pretty similar for all of us because we were all just making a calculator i'm really interested to hear how you think you could do have a have a better crack at that now so i mean if you if you had to do that again right now amber mm-hmm. do you think it would turn out the same <laughs>
2: I mean, it definitely wouldn't, because I didn't make the calculator in the first place. Um, What? (laughs) um, I actually didn't initially get into Founders and Coders, and um, kind of got on a strike of luck. Uh, Someone had to drop out, unfortunately, and because I was first on the waitlist, I got offered their spot. But it meant that I actually got accepted onto the course the Friday before it started, um, and so it didn't oh, wow. have time to do any of the of those pre-course materials
0: wow <laughs> I don't know how, what did that mean then like because I guess like a lot of those were uh, sort of optional things to make sure that we had like a bit more foundational understanding um, but like there are a couple of them that seem quite key so it must have been a bit tougher jumping in like not having spent all of that extra time like perfecting well not even perfecting learning how to code
2: well the funny story is that when I got my rejection from founders and coders I decided that I still wanted to learn how to code Um, and so with a group of a couple of other (laughs) fact rejects we started going through the fact curriculum uh, just without fact Mm. so when I started I had already done the first two and a half weeks of founders and coders which meant that it was actually quite a smooth transition
0: so almost the opposite then yeah <laughs> um what was what was the conversation like telling like the rest of that group that you were actually suddenly in then
2: um well someone else on this cohort was also in that group and got in ah. before i got the, pl- the place so it was like kind of easier because it was just being like oh i got in too <laughs> wait who uh terence I feel bad like outing him. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know. The,
0: the other member of the cohort or maybe he's told probably me has no a job co- at is. this point in time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always like quite find it quite funny thinking about that because I feel like Terrence is the kind of poster. Super tra- smart.
1: <laughs> yeah, but
2: like he's also the, the perfect fact candidate because he's someone mm. who like coding can really allow him to make a big change in his life. Um, he's a really good at like facilitating everyone's learning. Uh, mm. He's like not I don't know. He's really good at not speaking too much or too little, um, and is just really interested in coding and good at it. Um, so it's always think it's like it's always interesting to think about you know other candidates that may also have been great, but unfortunately didn't make it into founders and coders because obviously selecting a group of sixteen people based on 30 minute interviews is really difficult and yeah i don't know Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah i mean it must be so much of a challenge for Mm -hmm. like all of the team that's working out who shouldn't shouldn't be in the cohort yeah but I feel like we're very lucky to have had both you and Terence as a part of like the last four months of work
2: I mean I yeah. feel super lucky that I've been allowed to be a part of this <laughs> so <laughs> I am also part of the Terence
1: fan club um, so imagine him on of course that would be awful um, mm-hmm.
2: uh, yeah
0: so I mean how were how were your beginnings into into fact then Effie um like actually. I'd like to ask you about the calculator first, okay. but like maybe you can just like smoothly Segway. blend into the beginning of that as well.
2: Oh,
1: I would never buy choice do the calculator again. Actually, that's a lie. Sometimes I feel like challenging myself, so who knows? Maybe um, I don't know. I, I guess like if I was to do it again, I'd probably just do it faster. Um, like building a calculator for me, or at that time, anyway, I was very, very invested in like understanding every single thing I was doing um so it was very much like I guess it was so I did it twice I I also did my carousel twice just because I was just like trying different ways to do it um so I don't know I don't I'm not sure what would change it but if I was to give advice to other people I'd, I'd say definitely do it the way I did it um how many times you want to do it just like really understand every single step that you're doing Um, just so that, like, you can look back on it. Like, if I look back on the code now, I understand everything. Like, just, like, I don't have to Google something to understand it, but at that point, um, I definitely had just, like, a half a foot in um, of understanding. So I think it's a good way to see your growth and development, at least.
0: I think that's, like, been clearly one of your strengths the whole way through, Effie. Like, the fact that you, like, Put that extra bit of effort in to get that extra bit of understanding. I think that's probably why you're so tired at this end. <laughs> um, yeah. Like knowing that you've been like picking up some side projects where you can too. Um, but yeah, I think I I agree. I think like making sure that you really understand the fundamentals has helped loads. Um, and I think that stuff right at the beginning it ends up tying in to so many things later on, like actually having a concept of like what's interacting with what in what way like really really helps and I didn't do it but the idea of building something twice in a different way to make sure you understand it better like seems like a real smart one
1: yeah I don't know I'd be doing stuff that people think is smart but to me it just seems stupid (laughs) but um (laughs) I, I, I guess it is a thing of just like doing what works for you And also what you have time for. Um, But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't regret the way I did anything through this course. Apart from going back to work. I do not recommend work and do FAC. I do not recommend it at all. Cause I actually think that is what took my energy. (laughs) Rather than um, FAC itself. Like, I think I'm Mm. still like regaining energy from like two months of FAC and work. Um,
0: Wait. So, how many how many hours a week were you working besides FAC? Um,
1: sixteen hours a week or fifteen oh hours God. a week. So <laughs> I'd wake up at four am. I'd go to work. I'd probably get to work like six six thirty. Then I'd like study and then just a little bit or apply to jobs whatever. Then I'd start work from seven uh, till ten. Then I'll log on to Fac on my way home and and FAC is 10 to 6, then I would, like, if I wasn't tired, I would try and do something and, like, study or whatever. Um, or if we had projects, then I'd try and work on something and then sleep by 8 or 9 and up and do it again.
2: I'm honestly so impressed by people that have been working at the same time as doing FAC because it is actually quite draining and they're, like, pretty full-on days. <laughs> so I just, yeah. I don't know how you did it. Um, I think it's, like, uh, Aisha was also working on the weekends at a care home Mm. um and like i yeah it's just such a superhuman effort <laughs> it's really impressive
0: yeah i mean yeah it's it takes a lot of energy anyway so to manage to have more energy to do like a paid job on the side is
1: very impressive yeah i would just um, say if you can if you can avoid it just take the four months or <laughs> yeah. just just like yeah just focus on fact um don't try and juggle it (laughs) i understand if like you're in a position that you can't but like yeah if there's one advice i'd give just like no (laughs) don't do it
0: at the same time like facts pretty understanding of the fact that you might need to have another job on the side to be able to get by whilst you're doing it Mm -hmm. so like if that's how it is that's that's fine
1: yeah I mean, that's why they're looking into this apprenticeship model now, isn't it? So, indeed, there may be support for you to stay at home and still receive a bursary or something. I'm I'm not speaking for fact, by the way. I have literally no idea how they structure that or how they're going mm-hmm. to do it um,
2: <laughs>
1: at all. But I'm assuming, yeah, because I remember when I filled out the form for it, it was like, would a bursary or something help you not work during the fact period? Like in the survey, I don't know if anyone else remembers
0: yeah I think the question was more along the lines of would you be interested in an apprenticeship if one was available?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: um something like that yeah. um and yeah, and it sounds like um they've been making good headway into making those happen um hopefully um I'll have um Dan on talking about like what's going on with vac fairly soon as well, and maybe we can find out a little bit more there um so fingers crossed. Yeah um so let's go back even further how did you end up like getting from what you were doing before to fac? and what was what you were doing before Effie
1: oh me um <laughs> uh so I did chemistry at uni and then oh, I've told a story so many times now <laughs> um <laughs> so I was at you need chemistry. I hated chemistry. didn't want to study it, but I'm Nigerian. and <laughs> the, so That's one of the chosen pathways in the Nigerian household. And I, I guess like, it wasn't more of a forced thing. It was just because I was indecisive. I was definitely one of those kids that was like good at everything, but like didn't like anything specifically. Like I, like while kids were saying they wanted to be like firefighters or whatever, I was just like, chilling <laughs> i didn't have any headway or like pathway that enticed me um so um i enjoyed history that was about it um, but yeah i did a lot of everything so i was stuck at uni doing chemistry hating every second of it the only thing i enjoyed was just like solving problems like that was just the one thing that i knew i enjoyed in chemistry
0: can i can i ask you something i think because mm-hmm. like It was, I I went to university late, like, I I waited until I felt like there was something that I knew that I wanted to do. Mm. Like, I can't imagine having made it all the way through uni if I didn't know that I was interested and passionate about the subject that I was learning. So, how did you do it? Like, how did you manage to keep it it up?
1: I guess the trend in my life is persistence. (laughs) 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 Um, I'm just stubborn and very persistent. Like the idea for me was just like, like I would have happily switched courses and I don't think that would have been a problem for my parents, but because I just didn't have a fixed, like I, I was, I'm the oldest child uh, from my like biological parents. So I'm just kind of like the guinea pig. So <laughs> I'm like, so for me, they were just like, I need to be secure. I need to have a fixed job or whatever. And because I, I couldn't come to them with like, a, like, do you know what? I really love this. I want to do this. It was just like, okay, you're saying you don't want to do it, but what do you want to do? Um, I would have loved to take a gap year. Um, I w- I w- if it, but I feel like there was a lot, I, I preach about this all the time and I actually considered going into teaching because I think the English, this is going to take us somewhere else, but I think the whole English education system is extremely flawed and I don't think it helps people that don't have direction at all and were forced to make decisions way too early and were not. they don't let us know what is out there
0: yeah i mean i agree from you know having both been a student and a teacher um and i think yeah there's like there's like a moment around like gcses where you're like expected to know what what's happening next for you um and like even more so in a level and it's you don't know what the world is, so how are you supposed to make that decision? And everybody's telling you that the decision that you make at that point in time is for right, your whole life to affect the trajectory of your whole life, <laughs> and it's not true, but that's what they tell you. So, it kinda what is true. else are you going to do? The
1: way, the way they force it is kind of true because, okay, no, it's true and it's not true. Like, if you're stubborn like me, then it's true because you're stuck on that trajectory, but like, if you are very happy to restart anytime, then you're free to restart but Effie,
0: do you think you're still on that trajectory then?
1: yes <laughs> yes i i feel like things happen to me the way they happen to me because i'm so stubborn that if i didn't give up i would have been stuck on that trajectory so i think like it's like the same trajectory but like a slight nudge to the left a couple times <laughs> mm-hmm Because, like, Mm -hmm. I was, I'm so, for me, it was, like, quitting is the worst possible thing that I can do. Mm. Like, giving up. Like, what is that? I don't give up. Like, that was what it was for me. It was, like, I can always finish this and then do what I want to do. That was the mindset that I always had because it was just, like, one, it's a waste. Two, like, I have way more opportunities than a lot of other people in this world. Some people don't even have the opportunity to be receiving education freely the way I am. So, like a lot of like when I make decisions, I have thoughts like that in my head. It's like, like, there were many times I wanted to quit FAC. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> but then it was like, this is such a great opportunity, and it's not a common opportunity at all. And that was literally the only thing that kept me like continuing.
2: But I mean, um, do, you, do you feel like if you had studied something other than chemistry, you wouldn't be doing FAC?
1: I think if I didn't, I think if I had been told or if someone had seen or know me enough to like recommend what was right for me, I think I would have been in tech a lot earlier. I think comp sci would have been something I would have gone into. Mm. Like my obsession is YouTube and I have a lot of obsessions. You guys know, (laughs) but one of my (laughs) obsessions is like YouTube and I just love watching study vlogs and like watching people study. And I actually enjoy studying and learning. Um, so I think like it was never a thing of like I can't take in information or I'm not good at it because I'd always taken information while well. it was just like caring enough <laughs> like I didn't I wasn't in a, a place where I cared enough to try and do well in mm-hmm. um, and that was that's why I feel like the education system failed because yeah like I don't yeah I just feel like we didn't even have like career advisors or anything like we didn't even know what jobs were out there like mm-hmm. for us it was yeah, just the think... subjects we do in school that's all we know. we don't even know the jobs they lead to
0: and the and the problem is that even with those subjects at school you don't you're not getting the opportunity to work out what your passions are and follow them mm. you're just like expected to do those particular subjects to that particular level yeah Hmm. but um can i can i Maybe ask you one of those points when, about one of those points when you wanted to leave FAC.
1: Sure. Um, uh, <laughs> so a common thing, in fact, I'm not afraid to talk about it, but like, feel free to censor me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think like 16 strangers and people are, are going to clash and I even clash with Azizi. We talk about this quite freely because we've we talked about it a lot. Um, but I, I think, like, I don't think of like Azizi didn't make me want to leave the course. By the way, <laughs> um, I think me and Azizi were able to like talk it out quite well, to be honest. Um, and it wasn't a crutch against me or a grudge or anything.
2: Um,
0: I mean, I learned a lot from like uh, our scuffles. <laughs> our scuffles.
1: It's a <laughs> nice way to call them, yeah. Um, I, and then uh, uh, how do I say this? Um, I think. Me and Azizi clashed because we have a similarity of, of leading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then I won't name names because I won't name names. Um, but like there is a, a sense of just like... Um, oh, How do I talk about this? <laughs> Without making it seem like we have horrible people on our calls because we don't... <laughs> um, I guess it's just it's... <laughs> yeah, it's easy.
0: yeah I was gonna say it seems like it was when you were talking to me about it before it seemed like it was a um separation in perspective um th- and there was like a a distance that like could not be crossed yes um, between to develop that understanding and that made things a lot harder than they needed to be
1: yes, and then you put it online and it makes it ten times harder than it should be um mm, and then there's yeah. a thing about tone and character and the way people speak to people and the way people act and then you put stressful projects on top of that it just multiplies it by 20 um so i think it was a common thing of just like i i'm i'm very like confrontational but co- the, like the comf- the word confrontational is in itself seen as a very aggressive word But I'm just kind of upfront, like I can't, I don't go to bed angry. I don't like to hold grudges. So for me, it's like if there's an issue, I need to discuss it and talk about it straight away and just have it be done and move on from it. Um, But not every, I'd I'd say a lot of people in our course are the opposite of me. (laughs) So a lot of people in our course were um, like they're happy to just pretend it didn't happen or just let it slide or just kind of just not talk about it and I think a lot of people had the same problems with the same people but because a lot of more p- people on our course were that way of just like oh do you know what? it's okay I'll just let it go it kind of let it happen to other people <laughs> mm-hmm. I think
0: I forgot what I was just about to say now. Uh, let's see if I can find it again um I think that like the a really big part of what a lot of us have learned on fact is not just the technical skills about how to build things but actually like the social skills of how to work better in teams especially working remotely yeah. like the the ways that things can be misconstrued and misunderstood because you're not in the same room because um I mean I know for me often often I do like an intake of breath uh when uh when I'm about to say something but when I'm deep in thought sometimes I decide not to say that thing so every now and then I just go hmm and people were taking that as me being aggravated with them that as a sound of frustration I think I
1: am people I think I was people <laughs> um
2: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah and like learning learning those things and like how to um understand how you might be misinterpreted um and how to better navigate those spaces is super important talking about that
1: because of something like that Amber thought i didn't like her
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was gonna mention because we were paired together we were in team together in the the first week um so obviously it was like especially awkward because none of us knew each other and we hadn't even like Mm. had many zoom calls together um and i just remember that like we just had this whole speech from fact you know about like try to like take into account whether you're someone who's loud or like who speaks too much or too little. And Mm -hmm. we got onto this group. And then I think it was like because of this speech that no one was like voicing any preference or opinion. So like things weren't really moving forward. Um (laughs) and so I started just like maybe I like I don't know, I I kind of, you know, started saying, okay, so we should probably decide on this. Like what do you think? And then like everyone would be really quiet. (laughs) Um and then, like, it kind of started snowballing and getting better. And then I just remember at one point, like, Effie kind of just, she just made this comment. Like, she was like, oh, so is Amber the, the course facilitator? Uh, sorry, sorry. No, is not Amber course the, the, facilitator. <laughs> no, 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 the, like, Scrum scrum facilitator then. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I had no, like, i don't know i had no preference and i didn't care but then like it felt like it was like a kind of passive aggressive comment <laughs> um yeah, but you'll find out if you found out
1: that i'm not really passive aggressive i'm more just aggressive <laughs> um, <laughs> no so th- back at explanation seeing as like everybody is here that was involved in it i had just come off of a bad experience with azizi <laughs> so i was just like quiet and then like they kept asking, I was like, a common thing that happens in fact, at these facts, Zoom fact, it's just like everyone being like, I don't mind, I don't mind, I don't mind, mm. so then like, everyone was like, oh, what role, what role, and who wants to be scrum facilitator, so in my head, it was just like, well, Amber's already leading, so just let Amber be scrum facilitator, <laughs> but the way I said it, <laughs> it was just like, yeah sassy but that was not yeah. in my head I'm just not I'm not hearing that I've said it that way but then no, no, no. I I could see that it had affected Amber so I was just like oh yeah <laughs> it was
2: fine after because like after that I was like okay like clearly I've just been pegged as the the really dominant annoying person <laughs> no. um and I was like Oh no, no, no but I don't mind being facilitator and stuff and then I like, was like no no it's fine <laughs> and so then I had to be facilitator knowing that like uh, well thinking that like Effie was really annoyed at how like controlling i was being and so and i was like trying to be less controlling but then like nothing was moving forward and it was just it was kind of an uncomfortable experience but we talked about it after, and it was like super fine but
0: yes i i know that particular fear like the the balance between like wanting to keep things moving and being worried that like you're you're taking the lead too much and not giving other people enough of an opportunity to like uh, put their stamp on whatever you're making it's tricky
1: I say there's um, a lot of us like that, though. I say me, you, yeah, I are pretty much like that, like comfortable leading. Mm-hmm. So if no yeah. one speaks up, we would more likely just like lead, <laughs> and then it's. But I think I think no, you been... and Amber, Amber do that quite well, yeah. and I, I I, well yeah, I think you improved a lot. Uh, initially, I didn't think you did it too well was easy, but I think you improved <laughs> a lot in you know, it, and. Yeah. Like it, like even when me and Azizi were talking I was trying to get this across to him But he just thought I was being more degrading But <laughs> I was genuinely saying That like, I really appreciate the effort That Azizi put into like, Accommodating how I felt And what I was saying mm. Even if it was hard mm. to kind of have that conversation at first And it was made even, clear, <laughs> even clearer When I then had situations with people That were just not willing yeah. To kind of take that step towards resolution Hmm.
0: yeah Uh, you called it you called it being confrontational earlier um and it's it's something that i appreciate as well like wanting to confront like the issue that is stopping um people being comfortable stopping like work being able to happen smoothly um instead of like trying to push it to the side Mm -hmm. like confrontational as you said has like those connotations but it can definitely be a valuable thing as well yeah so welcome back then everybody um so um did you have something that you wanted to kind of add to that long rolling statement there as well i think
1: well, yeah so i figured i should give a disclaimer so that we're not like coming across like we have a horrible cohort um we have a lovely cohort um it's just uh the issues that I personally had are just normal issues and lessons that you you need to learn from in a workplace. People are different. People emote and communicate differently. And it's there are bound to be clashes. And when you put pressure on top of it, people are bound to clash. It does, And my aim is always to resolve it and come to a positive resolution, which I think I've managed to do <laughs> through the cohort to some degree. Um, but, yeah, I just feel like it's important to talk about the negatives as much as the positives and the realities of working online with sh- 16 strangers for 18 weeks. Um, yeah, so that was just a little disclaimer to where we left off. Uh, <laughs> but now we're going to segue away from there, oh, the horribles, into Amber and how she got to fact.
0: So yeah, so Amber, what were you, what were you, what were you doing before FAC? Uh
2: So I actually just graduated from graduated from uni Um, I was doing an undergrad called arts and sciences which is kind of like liberal arts in the US Uh, it was basically just an undergrad which let me select modules across all of UCL's departments Um, so I ended up studying a bit of everything and then also nothing at the same time Um, loved it (laughs) Um, and yeah I don't know as as I was doing my degree I kind of started I learned a little bit about coding, um, and there were these courses called code first girls, which are basically free kind of one month courses in, in programming, um, that aim to get one more women into tech. Uh, and I kind of did them because, because they're free and I was like, why not could be interesting. Um, and then I'd heard about founders and coders, uh, before through, uh, a blog called 80,000 hours. I don't know if you know their website. Um it's like a website that, stands, that stems from the effective altruism movement. Um and it's dedicated to basically trying to help people find careers where they can have a higher impact. Um and so part of that website has like a blog section and someone who had done Founders and Coders wrote a blog post about their experience there. And I remember initially reading it and being interested in the Founders and Coders model, but at that time I didn't think I wanted to know how, learn how to code. So I kind of just pushed it to the back of my mind. And then as I did the, the two kind of Code First Girls courses um, and just got interested in tech and realized that I wanted to be part of like actually building things rather than, you know, just being on like the event side or, or HR side of tech companies, um, I started preparing my fact application. And yeah, that's where it took me.
0: Mm, that's really interesting um I don't know like the whole effective altruism thing um I think is really rather fascinating anyway um so I mean why what what drew you in that direction like why why was that a blog that you were even looking at
2: um I think effective altruism is an interesting like they have a lot of interesting ideas about how to think Uh, about how you can make impacts in like an efficient way. And I don't agree with like all of what they say. Uh, I'm still kind of trying to make up my mind about it, but I think it's definitely worth looking into it because they have a kind of quite a different approach to uh, social impact. And it's like quite refreshing in a world where like very often there's kind of these projects that get highlighted where you, you you feel like they're great, but it's more like, you know, I don't know, save the kittens or (laughs) they're kind of more fluffy than uh, like actually kind of driven by evidence um and Mm -hmm. like data yeah
0: i mean i know that um a lot of what's been going on in the charity sphere over the last little while has been more and more influenced by data Mm -hmm. um and like i i have a science background so like that appeals to me quite a lot um i'm say so what what's your thinking like where do you where do you find that you agree and where do you find that you differ
2: um i mean to be honest uh, like most of what i read, really I agree with it's just that um because i feel like i'm still quite young and I, I don't feel like i know enough or kind of have like seen and read enough to make make up like a concrete opinion about it. But I like a lot of the ideas they have. Like, for example, one of the charities that's sent out of the movement is called GiveWell, and they're basically a, a charity which assesses other charities. <laughs> um, and their aim is basically to to help direct money, you know, people that are earning a lot of money and want to give to uh, kind of social impact organizations but don't have the time to decide, you know, which ones are best or whatever. So this this charity GiveWell uh, basically investigates uh, the charities out there and rate gives them like a rating uh, depending on you know how transparent they are how much good they can you can do uh, by donating you know one dollar or whatever they also look at how much charity the money actually needs so there could be some charities that are doing great work but if they've already got enough funding for what they're carrying out and what they're actually missing is like talent or something else then just throwing more money at them isn't necessarily going to help and your money could be more useful elsewhere. Um, and the thing that's also interesting is that they allow, they like acknowledge the fact that you can't reduce everything down to numbers and that values actually do come into the discussion. So for example, like it's impossible to compare, you know, how do you say whether it's better to help one blind person see or like, uh, help someone else like walk again or something like that. Um, and so they basically they have this little uh, scale where you can put your own values in terms of like do you you know do you have a preference for like education disability like what you what issues you think are important and they will like change the ranking of the these charities uh, for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Fascinating stuff. Um, yeah, it's quite <laughs> a tangent uh, kind of asking about you, but I do <laughs> like I've been. Ah. One of my one of my like driving things for like getting into code is to like be able to earn earn enough money to like start giving significant amounts to charity. And like mm. the these sort of like ways of thinking about the effectiveness of giving, like, it's something that, yeah, like it makes it feel like that money could be put to best use by something that I have a bit of agency with as well. Um mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so another thing is like that's also stemmed from this movement is is the there's a pledge called giving what we can. Um, And it's a pledge that you take just to give uh, 10% of your earnings for the rest of your life to charity. Um, A pledge that I've taken, but up until now have never earned any money. So (laughs) haven't (laughs) had anything to give. Um, But I'm quite, I'm kind of looking forward to, you know, having to do the work of like, okay, so I've got this money to give. Where? Like, where can I give it? And like, it's like, it actually requires quite a lot of research and thoughts to decide where you put your money. Um, so it's going to be cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in, like, <laughs> <you laughs> convince me, not that I needed any convincing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's how you got to Founders and Coders, mm-hmm. um, like, from... From not thinking that you were interested in like actually doing the building side of things to like really finding yourself enjoying it. Like what was that particular part of the journey like?
2: I don't know. It's like it's so interesting because I feel like I ended up doing coding despite past me um, because there was like such a long time period of time which you know I like I kind of thought about programming and you just you agree you kind of you know your mind just rushes to these cliches of like (laughs) like nerds that spend the day on the computer and like you know just it sounds really boring before you like start getting into coding and even the first few steps that you take are like quite difficult you know like when you're like writing really basic programs you don't have much of a wow factor to like see what you can actually make and what you can do um so I don't know. I just, I got interested in tech cause I did an internship at a Brazilian think tank, um, before I, before I went to uni, um, and they were basically, they were doing like one of the projects that they, they had used blockchain technology, um, to create a platform which would allow citizens to sign petitions online. Um, and the thing is that basically in Brazil's constitution, if I think it was like three or 4% of the population sign a petition for a bill, then this bill had to be presented in front of Congress. But obviously, like without the use of tech, it's quite difficult <laughs> to like, you know, go with a piece of paper or like, you know, prove like to get these signatures and to prove that they're associated to like real individuals and that the, the signatures haven't been falsified. Um, and so I just thought it was a really interesting project and um, because... I was 18. I, like, I was interning there, but to be honest, I like, didn't really know how I could be s- that useful to the think tank. So I just spent a lot of my time there just looking into blockchain and the theory of it. And one of the things that I noticed is that like, I actually just loved learning the theory of the tech. And I just thought it was like, it's really satisfying when you've got like tech that works well and when you understand the logic behind it. Um, cause it makes everything kind of really like black and white, you know, you're defining what can and cannot be done. And like, there's always these questions of like, Oh, but what if, and like for s- somehow someone's come up with a solution, um, that will make it impossible to like cheat or whatever. Um, and yeah, so then when I got to uni, I joined the blockchain society, uh, which then ended up becoming something called London blockchain labs. And whilst I was there, because I didn't know how to code, I was kind of on the event side. So just run events for the organization um, and I helped with recruitment and stuff, but ended up getting kind of frustrated. And so left after a bit because I couldn't, I couldn't actually join the, the lab team. So the lab team were like, you know, going to hackathons, developing projects and all that. And I felt that I couldn't, I didn't have enough understanding to, to like properly assess uh, different blockchain solutions um or kind of be part of what was really going on
1: Mm -hmm.
0: it's really interesting that like it seems like the way that you've ended up here is really reaching out in lots of different directions and trying to find the things that you find valuable um and you've even done a degree that doesn't really exist very much in this country as far (laughs) as i know and like Mm. been able to pick a mix and see what's interesting and what fits you Um, and yeah like it seems like there's a there's a lot of strength to being able to explore one's intellect rather than having a plan from the get-go and pointing yourself in that specific direction.
2: Yeah definitely I mean because the thing is that actually if when I look when I applied Devon Coders you know I had to state why I was applying and I kind of looked back on various things I'd done and at that point, it was obviously like tech is always part of what I've been interested in. Um, but whilst I was doing it, it all seemed kind of disjointed or, you know, like separate interests. Um, but if you look, for example, at my university modules, even though I didn't select any programming modules, quite a few of them were about, they were like thinking about technology or I don't know, I did one on science policy, uh, another one on like the governance of emerging technologies. And they're all like really interesting, you know, like. Taking different pieces of technology and trying to understand where they fit in from a kind of like socio-technical political level. Um, so yeah, <laughs> mm. I, sorry, one of, I tend to lose track of where I'm going. <laughs> <when> I'm citizens, <laughs> but yeah.
0: No, but it's but it's like the thing. It's sort of it's sort of the opposite of that stereotype that you described before. Like it's not just like sitting in front of a computer and like writing code it's understanding that it's part of a much bigger picture that like there's the ability to change the world like from that particular new way of doing things that you find um i think like perhaps having more understanding of that at large is something that yeah more people in the industry need Mm. hells lots of people in the industry have loads (laughs) of but i think yeah it's a it's an unhelpful stereotype and there's just a lot more to what we're all stepping into
2: yeah but yeah no it's i don't know it's it's really interesting because when i did the first code first girls course i honestly had i was like kind of laughing i was like you know this is okay they're gonna get girl women into tech by giving them full one hour lessons (laughs) (laughs) and like teaching them how to make a super basic website like yeah right um and i was kind of like Joking about it, and I just did it because I don't know. I always take if I see an opportunity, I'll do it because, like you know, you never know. um But like here I am, and it's probably in part because I did that Code First Girls course. Mm-hmm.
0: So I don't think you told us how you got from chemistry to founders and coders, Effie. Like, do you want to g- give us a little bit of the the space in between there as well?
2: Um,
1: sorry, I've been quiet. I've, I was just listening. Um, <laughs> uh what something amma said was quite actually kind of what happened with me as well um when she mentioned that like it seems like you have kind of like the different parts and they don't seem like they're related to tech but it all kind of like fits back in and then you end up in deck um that's kind of just what happened finished uni uh wanted to do creative things but i kept learning them and um (laughs) then there was like nothing else to learn or i would get bored and i would need a bigger challenge and then um one day um,
0: so what what sort of things do you mean there
1: oh um, i was production coordinator for U- university game show um i did freelance photography um so all of that kind of meant i needed to learn final cut pro the adobe editing suite um which i i enjoyed it was just like like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm snoring and working no Like, I genuinely was enjoying it, but it just, like, just felt like there was maybe more that I could be doing and something that I found a bit more interesting than what I was doing then. And I still love photography. I still do it. Um, I still book freelance bookings as well. Um, but at that point, I was just, like... And I was, like, working hospitality as well. I was in hospitality apprenticeship aside all of that. Um and I hated hospitality like anybody who does hospitality does I don't think there is anyone that works in hospitality that genuinely enjoys it and if you do then like you're rare um so actually a customer came in one day and um she I just told her that her outfit was nice because I just have this thing where like I just I just need to like if you look cool I feel like I need to tell you because then I'll never see you again and then you will never know that you looked cool (laughs) I don't know I just have that thing so I was just like you look like really cool like i literally just said it to her and she was just like oh thanks and from there like she told me that she was working in like data management but like more the admin side for the company that was above our shot and that she was actually looking into tech but her friend who is banner who's actually my employment mentor now what are the chances um, was doing founders mm-hmm. and coders like um so then she like gave my number to banner and Banner literally sent like <laughs> like like 10 paragraphs like not an exaggeration literally of information and resources I don't know what made Founders and to stick out to me probably maybe because that's what she was doing but I was just like oh cool let me see the, let me look into this so then I literally was doing the stuff online just like for like a, a day or two then I went to the workspace for one of the things and I was like this is cool and then um yeah I was just like how long to the applications and they were like a month or two and I was like how long does it take people they were like six months four months three months I was like wow okay um so my aim was to apply for the winter applications but I was like oh let me just try and finish everything in time for the summer applications submit and then like worst case scenario just like go for winter and lo and behold I somehow got in (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah that was it um and then Banner became my employment mentor by chance, which is so weird.
0: That's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah.
1: Um, yeah, that's um, how I ended up here.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, it's it's a good job you managed to get it in just in time, right? Because, like, they've had to cancel. The yeah.
1: It literally stays on my mind. And I'm just like, wow, God is just a really funny guy. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, imagine if I had just been like, oh, I'll just wait. <laughs> I'd be mm. waiting until next year. Um <laughs> But so, yeah, I mean, my,
2: my heart goes out to all the people that were applying to the winter cohort yeah. and then got told, yeah.
0: Yeah, that need for a delay, it must be, yeah. A it was little all bit meant sad, to be. At least.
1: Yeah, but I think it's, it's all meant to be. I think, like, for the people that didn't get in, like, there's a redirection waiting for them. Maybe mm-hmm. they're just supposed to take the cohort at a later date or there's another opportunity waiting for them. So... Mm-hmm.
0: And either way, we'll still be there to coach them.
1: Yes. Mm. Which week would you like to take as easy?
0: Um, I am all about the first Node week.
1: Oh, like, <laughs> yeah, you was can have that. Very
0: confusing, and I loved it.
1: I didn't think anyone's fighting for Node.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I think you might be wrong. Actually, actually
1: now now do you not mm, no yeah no I don't want to I don't want to do Node. <laughs> I don't think I'd struggle with helping people with it, but I think like I'll just feel like I've now become the abuser <laughs> with Node <nerd laughs> from being the victim of Node forcing it onto unwilling victims. Um, but
0: yeah, Node N- N- N-
1: is fine. It's just hard think, like, the first time.
0: Yeah, that the sort of paradigm shift that happens in that week when you go from thinking about like the code doing the thing to mm. like recognizing that there's these separate entities um like the fact that you have a front end and a back end (laughs) and how they interact with each other is something that you actually have to be considering like not just that code is code wherever it is it does the thing that it's supposed to do and like i yeah i found that very tricky to get my head around but like once it clicked um it's i mean it's been great fun working on the back end ever since
1: it's crazy because literally it's the same language it's just working in two different places but that was so hard for us to get our head around (laughs) (laughs) like yeah that was that was really funny like once you look back and you're like wow we were really crying but we hadn't (laughs) come to react yet and then oh we were really crying when we hadn't come to graphql yet it just gets harder and harder (laughs) (laughs) yeah but at the same time it's so
2: satisfying to to look back on them and and see them as so easy now definitely like a couple of us did did a code wars yesterday and like we did it so quickly and we were just thinking about when we when we applied to founders and coders we'd literally like spend so long trying to solve these
1: Mm.
2: so it's just practice
1: we have a lot more practice ahead of us (laughs) but that's the excitement
0: I don't know. I feel like Code war still t- takes the same amount of time. I'm like, whenever I've gone back to something, I've been frustrated at how long it takes me because I've been hoping to have got faster at it. But, yeah, I think, I think, like...
1: I think it depends I was on which to ones do you're everything trying.
0: In such a... Oh, sorry, what was that, Effie?
1: I think it depends on the ones you're trying. <laughs> probably, yeah. probably.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do remember spending more than a day on one problem. During the um, the twenty-minute rule is easy.
1: After (laughs) twenty minutes, ask for help or move on. Come on, what is back to us? I'm joking. Um,
0: But hey, so so what's next for both of you then,
1: Amber?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, so I've just signed my contract with Trey. uh, Mm -hmm. So I'll be starting that in December. And I guess the plan is to work there for, I don't know, like one max two years and then move somewhere where, I don't know, like Trey sounds like an an amazing opportunity and I think it will be great, but I also do ultimately want to work for a company that has some kind of social impact. Like I want to be proud of where I'm working <laughs> um, yeah. and feel like, yeah. So maybe either move to a startup where I'll just feel like really useful. <laughs> um and because I don't know, I think startups are like quite exciting to be part of and I like a fast paced work environment. Or just yeah, find us like some social impact um initiative that I can really be of use to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That um is very much a trajectory that I would have expected for you actually. <laughs> <laughs> um and how about you, Effie?
1: I might flip it around and say, how about you, Lizzie? Cause I'm interested in what you want to do next as well.
0: Uh, you know what? So I was having a conversation about this yesterday. I I hadn't really thought about it properly. Mm. So I think like a lot of my trajectory through life and learning has been um, more reactive than like planning. Um, it's about like, what's the thing that's in front of me that's interesting? What's like the opportunity that I can see? Rather than going, what would I necessarily like to be doing in the long run? Um, Like, I knew, I guess like the most that I've ever planned is that um, I planned to stop teaching and learn code. But I didn't know in what way. I didn't know what sort of development I wanted to do. Um, And like Founders and Coders was just such a good opportunity that I couldn't say no. So, like, now I'm done and I have these skills, I don't, I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> so, so my, my aim is to get a job and to think about it. And to, uh, yeah, really work out, like, where would be an interesting place to end up in, I don't know, another five years, say. Um, and I think that's probably something to do with, like, renewables or sustainability um hmm. or some some sort of research area possibly but that's as much as I've got at the moment so how about you Effie?
1: Yeah, I've evaded enough um <laughs> I don't I, I kind of know like I like I, I had an interview this morning and um uh the recruiter was asking me like what would make a happy workplace and I was just like I'm kind of easy like you know a place with diversity and um, no discrimination where I can progress is great for me like I I'm not really like the whole aim of learn tech I think I've said this to Azizi before was just like being able to be somewhere where like my progression was based on my talent and my ability rather than what I look like and I feel like tech despite its defic- deficit of diversity at the end of the day comes down to how well you can code
2: Mm.
1: um which i appreciate um but like if i was to dream bigger than that like i the end of the day i love design of all types like i think one thing that fact taught me was just um enjoying the design design and architecture of systems as well as just like how it looks and Mm. as i've mentioned before i really like um, the way everything connects i like to understand the way everything um, works together like this morning I I started the CS50 thing and it was just like talking about binary numbers and like I don't know like my brain was just like oh that is amazing ones and zeros amazing yeah but yeah I don't know um, a place my dream company at first was Spotify or Notion or just just the people um companies with products that make people happy um and that genuinely care about their product. Like, I want to work for a company where I'm, I'm genuinely invested in the things that I'm doing. Although I also am intrigued by consultancy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. So there's, a, there's a lot. I also want to teach. Yes, I, there's a lot I want to do. Um, and I just hope that, like, double my age time by the time I'm 50, um, I would have been able to do all of that. So I think I'm going to be one of those devs that hop companies, like just companies, companies. Um, That's not good for employers. They shouldn't hear that part of the podcast. (laughs) I'll
0: never tell them about the podcast. Thank you. Um, But no, but I think a lot of what you said resonates with me as well. I think like the idea of just being somewhere where you are valued for what you're bringing to the team um, and like, and it's, in a comfortable way where you really feel appreciated there's a really large amount to be said for that so i think that's yeah what we're all hoping for to a certain degree Hmm. so
1: spotify hire me (laughs) (laughs)
0: So on that note, I think this is a good point to end the podcast. So um, that was another episode of the FAC and specifically the FAC20 podcast as we're all part of the Fact 20 cohort. Um, I've been Azizi Adiemo.
2: I've been Ethio. <laughs> I am <I'm> Amber <laughs> <laughs> Um
0: And I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. Bye.